So Tyree Nichols Policing And the black community Let's speak on it I have no fear whatsoever Of anybody or anything Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to the podcast, YB Speaks. I am your host, Yermiyahu, better known as YB. Thank you for joining the show today. Uh, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is uh, doing as best they can do um, in the situation that that life has put you in. Uh, I want to say that I want to thank everybody who has uh, supported me so far. Uh, Thank you for all your support. Uh, it's uh, it does not go unnoticed. It's definitely humbling that you all would tune in each and every week, whether it be on uh, this podcast here on Spotify. You can find it on Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcasts, or whether it be YouTube or whatever it may be. Um, the fact that you guys continue to subscribe and uh, continue to listen to the podcast it, it's really humbling, and I thank you all. Uh, lets me know that I'm doing. At least something right Maybe not everything But something I am doing right Listen, if you haven't uh, had a chance to support already You can go to Spotify uh, Add this to your favorites Add this to your playlist Or uh, if you're on Apple Music Google Play Music um, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Wherever you get your podcast, You can find this podcast You can also find the show on YouTube uh, Just type in the search bar At YB Speaks And the channel will come right on up and you'll see the content that you, you can subscribe to You can like the stuff And you can share the stuff as well um, With people that you do not know I also have a store So uh, you can support the podcast The YouTube channel And look fly all at the same time That would be YBSpeaksStore.com It's also be in the podcast um, Description stuff Down there somewhere I don't know Whew. Yeah, there's a lot to get to, a lot to talk about. Oh, one more thing. If you go to the store, uh, both of the designs, the me, we are greater than me design, it, it, it all 100% of that, that profit that I receive goes to helping homeless and injured veterans right here um, in the state of Tennessee. And also the God Got Me, um, the God Got Me um, t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, of the profit that I receive goes to helping homeless families. Um, So many times homeless families are on the streets um, and when they go to shelters, there's a there's a women and children shelter. There's a man shelter. uh, But these proceeds will be going to uh, what's called the Dorothy Day House. And their their whole aim is keeping families together. So they have houses and row homes all over the city um, where they actually house whole families um, and they give the adults a job. Um, at their bakery at the ta- uh, Crosstown Concourse here in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, so they do a lot of great work. So 100% of the proceeds will go to them. Guy got me t-shirts, hoodies, stickers. We are greater than me. Hoodies, t-shirts, stickers go to helping homeless veterans and family. All right. Got all this stuff out the way. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk here, family. So I don't know if Unless you've been living under a rock, as they say, for uh, the past f- 
few days, week, um, or if you've been following the story from the beginning, a young man by the name of Tyree Nickel was uh, beat to death by five Memphis police officers. Um, he was allegedly pulled over for reckless driving. Um, the traffic stop ended in him being put in an ambulance. And three days later, his life being expired. Um, there's been a lot of angles put this story. I even did a YouTube channel, which I stand by, um, about the situation. Not necessarily his death or <clears throat> whether the officers are right or wrong, but one of the politicians here in Memphis, um, and again, I won't name her name, but uh, seems to think that even though these were five black officers, that this is still the result of white supremacy. Um, and my response to that was, here's yet another black politician who refuses to take responsibility for the issues that are going on in the black community. One that loves to deflect and put blame on other people other than where the blame needs to be. And that is in the black community and in the black community alone. As I already know, a lot of my views are not popular amongst my brethren, amongst my sisters, but that's okay because I still stand on it because I believe it is true. And I, I think that we've been duped and hoodwinked long enough by these liberal leftist ideas that have created a sense of I can do whatever I want without any consequence or holding myself accountable. We've lost the art of accountability. Uh, we've lost the art of holding our brothers and sisters feet to the fire when they have done wrong. Every time there's an ill in the black community, it's, it's the white man's fault. It's the government's fault. It's, you know, somehow the president, it's drugs, it's another ethnicity, it's the school system. No, at the end of the day, we have to look in the mirror and see the real culprit, and it's us. Now, I do differ from some of my, my people on the right side, the conservative side. I do not always side with police officers. I will call a spade a spade. I won't look at this story and try to uh, say that, well, if he didn't run or, well, if he complied or whatever the nature is, what I know is that if you were pulling this man over for a traffic stop, which that seems to also be a lie, um, none of these five, and no, nothing coming out of the mouths of these five officers or none of their reports could be trusted, unfortunately. But the officer, if you're a police officer listen to the, listening to this, you have to know that you are not a judge, you're not a jury, you're not a lawyer. Most of y'all don't even know the law nor the Constitution. Your job is to enforce the law and the Constitution. You may know your cop codes and all that good thing, but your job is if someone is breaking the law, is to apprehend them, de-escalate the situation, put them behind bars until they have their day in court. There is no instance that I believe 
that a human being pulled over by the cops should end up dead unless that cop feels like he or she is in danger, like the perpetrator is reaching for a weapon, the perpetrator is shooting at you, or the perpetrator starts to fight you. Perpetrators running away, speeding away in a car, refusing to comply with your directives is not a reason to harm that citizen. The job of the police officer is to protect, number one, and to serve. You are to protect the general population from those who would be willing to do crimes, and you are to serve that general population even the ones you're putting in handcuffs. I didn't write any notes for this episode. Um, if y'all know me by now, listen to this podcast, whether you was listening to this formerly Jacob Seed or you're just now catching YB Speaks, I, I believe in truth. I don't believe that we should be muddled in emotion, especially when we're talking about government, politics, policing, um, black community, things of that nature, things that, that, that have emotion attached to it. I like to take the emotion out of it and talk directly about facts. Um, but today I'm just, I'm talking, I'm just talking, no notes, no nothing. We'll save that for another day, another episode. Um, but what I will say is that I believe that this situation was avoidable. It was avoidable. Um, my irritation with the whole situation has nothing to do with Kyrie or Tyree has nothing to do with the officers necessarily, but has everything to do with the way these political people use talking points to deflect what's really going on in the African-American community. Here's what I mean. Number one, uh, these five officers were a part of a squad called the Scorpion Squad. Um, the whole purpose of this policing squad was to saturate crime, high crime areas with high police presence. Now that squad is dismantled. I don't believe that the actions of five officers reflect the totality of a department or the totality of policing in general. I don't believe whether it's George Floyd or Fernando Castile, um, whether it's Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, um, all who have lost their lives at the hands of police officers. I don't believe that that is the mass majority of what policing does. Uh, the liberal leftist agenda would tell you that policing is racist. It's muddled in white supremacy. And even if black officers kill black citizens, it's still the white man's fault. I would say that I think it's a travesty that the police have to create gangs in order to monitor the gangs. The Scorpion Squad is nothing more than another gang created to monitor another gang. And when they say high crime areas, nine times out of ten, these areas are predominantly African-American communities. Now, here's where we like to deflect. We like to say, well... 
police shouldn't be in our neighborhood. I like to say, well, you shouldn't be doing crime. When will we get to a point as a people where crime is not okay? Where crime is not celebrated? Where people can stop making money off of crime in our neighborhood? The pimps making money off of it. The drug dealers making money off of it. The gangbangers making money off of it. The policing systems making money off of it. And the music industry, along with the film industry, is making money off of the crime, the trauma, and devastation that goes on in the African-American community around the United States of America. Now, these high crime areas are full of robberies, assaults, murders, and rapes. I don't believe that any of this is a result of systematic racism. I believe it's a result of the breakdown of the family and an inability to take individual responsibility and individual responsibility and accountability for our own actions. Well, what do you mean, YB? Uh, I'd be hard-pressed to believe that a white man showed up and picked the neighborhood. So whether you're in Memphis, Atlanta, Baltimore, New York, Chicago, L.A., Miami, Detroit, wherever you're at, Dallas, Houston, you have a high concentration, St. Louis, uh, Nashville, you got a high concentration of African-Americans and you have known areas where people just don't go at certain times, even in the daylight sometimes because of the amount of crime. I don't believe a white person went in that neighborhood and said, hey, black child, hey, black man and hey, black woman. Hey, black man, come sell these drugs. Put a gun to your head and say, sell these drugs. Hey, black woman, come over here and sell your body. Hey, black kid, listen, I want you to do, I want you to fight. I want you to go to school and fight. I want you to come home and fight. On the streets, I want you to fight. I want you to cause chaos. These are attitudes and actions that we've taken upon ourselves to do. There's no blame that should be placed on any one race outside of our own because we're the ones who are doing it. If we simply stop, oh, you can't stop because why can't you stop? Because now we've made a lifestyle of this, right? We're depending on the criminal element to put food on our tables. That's not the fault of the white man. Watching a documentary called Freeway. It's about the real Freeway, Ricky Ross, not the rapper, the real man. And he said he was doing just fine. He's actually a good good kid in school. Um, He was even a part of a a tennis club, believe it or not. Uh, But I think he had dyslexia or uh, he was illiterate or something of that nature. Um, but he was able to get by in school somehow. So that, that told you how smart of a kid he is. Uh, but one day he was 
for for whatever reason couldn't do the the tennis anymore. I forget the the reason why. And someone met, someone approached him with the opportunity to make a lot of money, and he accepted it. Making that lot of money, as we know, was selling cocaine. Uh, eventually, selling crack. Um, we know that free freeway. Ricky Ross is the inventor of crack cocaine. And he made a good living for himself until he was put behind prison. Now, Freeway could have either had two options, right? One said yes, which he did. We know how his life ended. It wasn't good. His life went. It It started off good, but of course, you know, crime never pays. And two, he could have just simply said no. No. Anytime we're faced with an opposition, you can say yes or you can say no. I mean, it's very, this stuff is very elementary. There's nothing deep about any of these things. We choose crime, we choose prostitution, we choose drugs. And in choosing that, we tear up our neighborhood and invite foolishness into our neighborhood. We invite high crime into our neighborhood. We invite assaults and rapes and murders and theft into the neighborhood when we allow the criminal element to lurk around, when we do not cooperate with the cops and let them know who the gang members are. And some of y'all may say, well, some of the gang members are the police. And that could be true. But then that's another element of individual responsibility. Nobody told us to live in this fashion. These high crime areas, no one told anybody to be complicit with this element of crime. So saying all that to say, this is why the Scorpion whatever squad was created, because there's high crime areas in Memphis. There's several of them. Uh, For the most part, Memphis, Tennessee is a great city to live. If anybody were to ask me um, if you had to do it all over again, would you live somewhere else? Absolutely not. Uh, This is a great city. It's a beautiful city with beautiful people, beautiful culture, um, wonderful food, music. Uh, You got churches, you got mosques, you got synagogues here. Uh, You have great schools here. Um, You just have uh, opportunity for entrepreneurship, if that's your thing. Um, If you're a nine to five person, there's all kind of Fortune 500s um, who have their distribution headquarters right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Everybody from uh, Ford to Disney to Sephora to um, uh, uh, Nike, uh, Amazon. I mean, there's, there's, there's so many people. Microsoft is coming, coming soon. And um. William Sonoma, all these people are right here um, in the Memphis area, um, and they're about to even build the plant where uh, Ford will be making its computer chips to power its uh, Ford F-150 Lightning and its future, um, all the future electronic vehicles right here in the Memphis area. So Memphis has a lot going for it, but there are some areas, just like any large city, where there's high crime. And unfortunately, a lot of those areas are filled with African-American individuals. Why is this? Is it because African-Americans are just prone to high crime? I personally believe we're suffering from the curses of the Bible, 
uh, because we as a people choose not to go back to our original religion, which I believe is Judaism, uh, which we find there in the Bible, um, and that the laws, statutes, and commandments of God have been broken. Um, we need to follow Torah. I believe if black people went if black people went back to following Torah as our ancestors did thousands of years before us, our life would be so much better. But being that that is not something that I think that will happen anytime soon, we need to start owning up to our mistakes and you start owning up to some of the things happening in our neighborhood. Quit blaming white people for stuff you're doing. That's like the, the child who gets caught and wants to rat all his friends out when he's the one who got caught. No, 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 no. You did it. Whatever it was, you did it. You need to own up to it. You need to fess up to it. And we need to try to help each other turn these things around. See, the problem is, I said this on my podcast, uh, because of the leftist ideas that are found in the Democratic Party, uh, we get government handouts, which don't help our community. We get welfare, public aid, which do not help our community. Um, we get terrible schools because they refuse, Democrats refuse to vote for school choice um, and all these different things that, that this party has done to the African-American community. Uh, but really, we've done to ourselves because we continue to vote for these evil people. Yet we wonder why our communities get worse and worse and worse and worse. So let's talk about the crime element that we celebrate, first of all. I believe that had, and this is the catch-22 I'm on, right? So I, I, I feel sorry for the, the mother and the father for Tyree Nichols. They have to lose, they have to bury a son. You should never have to bury your children. Your children should be burying you. Um, I hope I never have to bury any of my children. I hope they never get pulled over by cops and get killed. But here's the real. If this situation had been make-believe, say it was a rap video by Lil Baby, and he was talking about pulling up on some ops, some people with opposition, and him and his crew pulled someone, yanked someone out of the car, Beat them to the blood. So beat them to death. These are the terms used in hip hop today. And put it behind a nice beat. You know, seen or probably he'd probably be on Jimmy Fallon singing it. Probably be at the Grammy Awards. If not nom if, if winning a Grammy, if not nominated, definitely performing. It's a song that's played on the radio, a song that's gonna be celebrated, that's probably gonna be in the top twenty five in the Apple music charts and hip hop. And we'll celebrate it. We'll rock to it. We'll even uh, proudly yell out the lyrics. But when it takes place in real life, all of a sudden we want to march and be mad and upset. First of all, we need to sever ties with the criminal element as a community, period. Quit protecting gangsters. Quit protecting drug dealers. Quit protecting pimps. Quit making excuses for these bad A kids. That's causing havoc in our school system and is not allowing your child to learn in the way that he or she can learn at their full potential. Because like your child's going to school to learn, these children are going to school to create ultimate chaos. And we want to say, oh, well, it's his home. Oh, well, it's the, it's the system. It's the, it's the systematic racism that this child is acting out in rage. And no, the boy's bad. The girl's bad. Probably because their mama and daddy are horrible parents. And that whole situation needs to be fixed. 
but it can never be fixed if we take on a victim mentality because victims always want to blame somebody for what's happened to them instead of looking at the totality of the situation and coming up with a solution so it never happens again. See, that's the difference between a victim and a victor. Both of them could have went through the same situation. But one of them is going to say, how do I fix this so this never happens to me again? And the other one will keep going through the same kind and type of cycle because they're trying to find someone to blame. And unfortunately, black people have called the victim card for years now. And because of that, we don't have solutions for the problems in our community. And we keep on cycling the drain over and over and over again. You think this politician is going to help and that politician is going to help. You think this program is going to help and that program is going to help. But all these things are still around the, the, the gate wall of victimhood. And none of it is based in solution. And none of it is based in a biblical worldview. None of it is based in actually helping anybody. It's more pacifying if we are honest with ourselves. And now we're in the situation where we're in now where five brothers thinks it's okay to stump another brother to death and then lie about it. But this is probably the music they celebrate, and this is probably the element that they've been protecting and living in all their life. So that's not an excuse, but that's to say that the criminal element is attached to the hip of the African-American community. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. And when we come to grips with that, then we can start moving forward and creating something better in our community. So I'm not a proponent of, of defunding the police. I've seen it happen right here in my own city. It was not good. The result of defunding the police is Tyree Nichols dead. That's the result of that. When the police were defunded under the, the evil and corrupt leadership of Mayor A.C. Warden, the, the city of Memphis lost almost all of its police officers, and this is no cap. In a city of 650,000 people, we had less than 1,000 officers. Less than 1,000 officers for a city of 650,000 People And you wonder why Memphis is always in the top five of most crime ridden cities because you, you know, you can get away with anything. There's no police. There was no police presence for years. And to uh, to to mitigate this issue of no police presence, the mayor after him relaxed a bunch of the rules that come with vetting good officers. Because they were so desperate to feel the department back up again. And because of that, now you have crazy people like these five officers who are, who are able to slip through and come in. Who, if the city was at its normal operating number of officers, they probably wouldn't have had a job here. So I'm not for defunding the police. Not, not at all. What I am for is holding police officers responsible, having transparency between the police and its community, and 
the community standing up for itself and doing some self-policing. Check this out. It's funny how we like to call for, you know, burn it down when the police kill uh, on our on black man, right? We want to just completely dismantle the system. Here's a fact for you. More people in the United States of America die of cancers, heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, leading to strokes and heart disease. The majority of the reason for some cancers, the majority of the reason for diabetes, the majority of the reason for high blood pressure and high cholesterol that leads to heart disease and stroke is because of the food that we put in our mouth. More people die from the food that we eat in the United States of America and the impact it has on our health than anything else. Yet, I don't hear or see anyone marching the streets trying to tear down the FDA, trying to burn it down, trying to overhaul it, dismantle it. Why not? It's killing people left and right. Innocent people, not armed with the knowledge of knowing sometimes what they're eating is bad. A lot of these people are in the black community. A lot of black communities have food deserts. You've been there. You've seen it. If you haven't seen it, let me paint you a picture. You drive for block after block after block after block after block, and you don't see any reputable grocery stores that have a healthy food choice. But what you do see is car washes, we buy gold, uh, cash advances, title loan shops, liquor stores, corner stores that will give you some cold cuts and a cold beer, but they won't give you any fruits and vegetables. And because of this, a lot of communities and a lot of African-Americans suffer from what's called a food desert. And a lot of people in those communities have diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, heart disease, and cancers because of the food choices that they have. I don't hear anybody marching for those lives. I don't hear anybody talking about dismantling the Food and Drug Administration. But what has happened is awareness has been brought to the fact that food deserts exist and that somehow we need to be able to connect those who are not getting adequate healthy food options to adequate healthy food options. So what's happened here in Memphis? They've created food banks. They've created farmers markets in some of the areas. And there's been a push in the black community to even go vegan. There's a there's another option. You could put down your pork and your shrimp and all these other different things. You could put down your bologna sandwiches. And you could pick up some fruits and some some vegetables and some natural food, some some sea moss. All right, uh, to help you live stronger, better, and a more and have more of a quality of life. You see, the people that are that are in this whole food craze that understands the dangers of the food that's being fed to us in America are not about dismantling the FDA and the people that are pushing these dangerous foods on us. What they're about is exposing the FDA for what they are doing, one, 
and it doesn't just stop at exposing something. Two, they're giving you solutions on how you can eat better and telling you where you can go and sometimes bringing that food to you. And three, they're giving you an alternative option to the foods that you currently eat. Why is that same approach not taken when we're talking about policing in the black community? Why is the knee-jerk reaction always to tear it down, to get rid of it, to dismantle it, to defund it? Well, we know that we will see in the coming months, in the coming weeks, how dismantling this scorpion unit is not going to be good for the people that are peacefully living in these high crime areas. Has anybody thought about them? Has anybody thought about that young mother, that young father? that young family that lives in these high crime areas because they don't have the job to move out at the moment? Have anybody thought about the children that would be impacted by this? The elderly that would be impacted by this? No, we want to make a knee-jerk reaction because of five officers. And now we want to do something that impacts a broader audience of people. Instead of, number one, exposing the corruption within that unit, if there's any. These, these could have been, these five officers could have been on their own. We don't know. So exposing corruption within the unit, again, if any, outside of these five officers. Two, not blaming systematic stuff, but looking for solutions. Our black politicians do too much blaming and not enough solution getting. And number three, instead of tearing down the police, let's start working with them to build trust. And I know we've heard this a million times, but we've not yet done it or tried it. And then how about we build an alternative option to policing that maybe can work side by side, maybe build up the neighborhood watch in the black communities. I saw a thing that I really liked there. I guess there's a high crime area in the in Detroit. And um, I don't know if a lot of people just work the night shift in Detroit. I don't know why you're you know, pumping gas in the middle of the night. I don't do it. Um, and if I just had to do it for emergency, you best believe I'm going to have something on my hip. But anyhow, there are armed brothers that are protecting young women, um, I guess, that have to pump their gas at night. In this high crime area in Detroit, the arm what looks like AR-15s. Um, they're helping the young ladies pump their gas, making sure everybody gets gets in in the gas station, out of the gas station safely. There's been no trouble at that gas station. I don't, I'm assuming there was trouble previously, but since these brothers have showed up, there's been no trouble. They're not connected to any law enforcement. They're just individual citizens who are taking responsibility for their community. And arming themselves and making sure that their citizens are protected. I say this all the time, and this is no disparity to our police officers. I understand that they have a hard job and um, they deal with a lot. And most of them do their eight hours, do a little bit of overtime and go home. That's, that's, that's the real of it. But for instance, if somebody crawls into my home, I'm not hiding behind, you know, my bedroom door cowering and calling the police officers i will barricade my family in a safe room while calling 911 but if that person steps in that room you know if they or if we are in a situation where we cannot escape the home i got something for that robber 
And I'll just allow the cops to clean it up when they get here. I'm the protector of my home, not my local police department. I'm the provider of my home, not the U.S. government. The buck stops with me when it comes with my wife and my children. If I fail, I'm not going to blame a system. I'm not going to blame the government. I failed. I couldn't provide for my family. I couldn't protect my family. It's not up to anybody else but me, the man of the house. It goes the same way for the rest of the black community in America. If these brothers in Detroit can do it, why can't you brothers in Memphis do it, in Atlanta do it, in Baltimore do it, in New York do it, in Chicago do it? I bet you there'd be a whole lot less shooting in Chicago if they knew they was going to a place that would shoot back. Now, I'm not calling calling for anarchy or any of that kind of stuff. I'm calling for standing up and protecting, have an individual responsibility to protect your own. And if we did more of that, I think there would be less Tyree Nichols. There would be less Tyree Nichols. Because then cops would know that you just can't come up in my neighborhood and do anything and get away with it. I'm not causing, I mean, I'm not, uh, I know how people would take this. I'm not advocating for any violence against police. What I am advocating is that we work together side by side. And we need to present our cities with alternatives to policing, especially the ones who we know that the, our police departments are stretched in. A police officer shouldn't be working no, no double shift, dog-eyed tired, 16 hours, and in the 15th hour, he's pulling somebody over that decides they want to be belligerent and, and not comply. That officer is not in a good headspace. That person probably ain't in a good headspace, and it's probably not going to end well. So the Tyree Nichols situation is just a microcosm of what goes on within the, the criminal element of the black community. I'm not saying that brother was a criminal. I don't know that brother. Um, for, for all intents and purposes, what I've seen in the video, uh, he was 100% innocent and did not deserve his life to be taken away from him. And I will also say about the video, we as black people, if you can't handle it, if you're not emotionally tough, if you can't watch a video like that and not be able to control your emotions, if you watching a video like that makes you hate white people when these five black officers beat him, then you shouldn't be watching videos like that. If you get enraged with anger, you shouldn't be watching videos like that. My opinion, they shouldn't release the video. They shouldn't release that video or any other video, in my opinion, because it, it, uh, it has not yet done anything to help us move forward or bridge a gap between the, the, the severed relationship between the police, police departments around the United States and the black community. All releasing the video does is widen that gap and that divide. The media knows it. The people who release it know it. Um, those who control this leftist agenda idea know it. And that's why they do it. Because they want to um, 
put the element of they want to continue this element of, of racial divide and racial warfare between white and blacks in this country. They want to put distrust between the black community and the very element um, that can actually help them if we work with them. I truly believe that. Um, and continue to make it look like these Democrats are on our side when we know from uh, from the jump they never were. Uh, this is the party of slavery. This is the party of Jim Crow. This is the party of uh, anti-13th, 14th, 15th Amendments. Uh, this is the party of Margaret Singer, who hated black men and women. This is the party of Al Gore Sr., who hated black men and women. Uh, this is the party of Bill Clinton, who created mass incarceration, um, who created the 100 to 1 uh, 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 mandatory minimums and all these different things. It's the party of Joe Biden, who as a senator, um, uh, uh, created a lot of these laws that we live under um, that are so oppressive to the black community. Yet they want to get up in your face and tell you that the government is your best friend. Ladies and gentlemen, the government is not your best friend. You, black man, you, black woman. If you listen to this podcast, you ain't black. Well, today it ain't for you. You have to be responsible for what goes on in your community, even if you're not involved in it, because it's happening in your community. Even if you're not a pimp, drug dealer, gangster, prostitute, police uh, units like Scorpion are in your neighborhood because of those elements. And if we really want to get rid of those elements, we got to stop celebrating that crap and even in entertainment. I think it's a broader thing than just our community. Again, quit celebrating hip hop songs that promote deaf culture, that promote single mothers, that promote deadbeat dads, that promote uh, 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 harming women, abandoning children. Doing illegal acts and promoting violence. We have to get back to our roots. I don't care if you're in a church. I don't care if you're in a mosque. I don't care if you're in a synagogue. Get back there. The black community started eroding when we start putting our trust in government and taking our trust away from God. We start putting our trust in politicians and not putting our trust in our own communities and giving the power to the men in our communities to lead and building strong families. We have allowed this government to emasculate our men, to emasculate our women, to make our children think that they need to, uh, our young boys think that they need to chop off their, their man members, that young women need to, need to do uh, chop off their breasts, that they need to be taking hormone blockers, at young ages. This is what this liberal agenda driven government has done for us. And unfortunately, it's so uh, embedded deeper than the black community. It doesn't matter who's in office, conservative, liberal. It's so embedded deep in our community that we've begun to accept things that 70, 50, 60, 70 years ago would be unfathomable to happen in the black community. The rate of fatherlessness would be unthinkable in the black community in my, in my grandparents' generation. 
The rate of violence would be unthinkable. The rate of drug use would be unthinkable. How education has eroded would be unthinkable. And it's not, it's not because you don't have access to it. It's because we keep voting for the wrong people that keep denying us access and then making us blame another party that's actually trying to help you out. School choice is not a democratic idea. It's a Republican idea. I'm not telling you to go vote Republican, but I'm, I'm telling you to vote for people who are going to help you in your community. That's another step of individual responsibility to quit believing lies and quit being yanked by your emotion every time the TV turns on to ABC, CNN, NBC, uh, CBS, NPR, whatever it is, all these ABC, uh, CNN, I mean uh, uh, ESPN, even the sports industry then got, then got into the game. Facebook, Google. They promote leftist ideas. They suppress conservative ideas. Like a good conservative idea is school choice. You don't have to send your school, your child to the school that they're zoned to. You can choose to send your child in anywhere in the county that you currently live. Anywhere in the city that you currently live. If you believe that your child is not getting an adequate education. But do liberals believe that? No. They want you to be zoned in the crappy schools that you live in, that, you, that your kid is zoned to. And, the, and it's not crappy because the teachers are crappy. They're doing the best they can do. It's crappy because there are parents who don't care about parenting and there's children who don't care about education. That's not white supremacy. That's a choice made by those parents. And that's a choice made by those children. And when we wake up one day and start taking responsibility for our own actions, stop celebrating the criminal element in our community. And when we start actually coming up with solutions and alternatives to what's currently going on, instead of instead of marching and, and, and cycling the, the drain over and over, saying the same crap over and over, trusting the same politicians over and over, trying to do the same stuff over and over. We wake up and, and we're ready to do something new and have some real ideas and solutions and alternatives to actually help our community, then, then we'll be in a better place. Can't keep blaming slavery, can't keep blaming racism, can't keep blaming the white man when it's we who are fathering children and not taking care of them. It's we who are depending and keep popping out children so the government can keep giving us a check. It is us who keep spraying our own community. It's us who keep selling poison to our own people. It's us who keep selling our own body and, and, and making it a generational job and throwing out young girls on the streets as well. That's us. A choice that we make. And I always say this, my stepfather, Southside Chicago, still full of gangs. Chicago's just the headquarter of gang activity. In America, whether it's Al Capone or whether it's Jeff Ford, they're gangs. And uh, he chose not to want to be a part one. So he either took the long way home or he learned to, learned to run really fast. My family had a what I would call a generation, some would call generational curses. But uh, each generation up until mine and even some of mine did, but decided to have children out of wedlock when they're teenagers. People call that teenage pregnancy. I chose not to participate in that curse. A lot of my cousins chose not to participate in that curse. 
And just like those instances, we can choose not to participate in the criminal element in the African-American community. We can choose not to celebrate the criminal element in the African-American community. And we can choose to take responsibility for our own actions. We can choose to start policing ourselves and we can choose to start having real conversations within the group. It it doesn't take this big Al Jackson, Jesse, uh, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson showing up because they ain't about to do nothing for you anyway. They about to collect a check from whatever church they talked about and saying the same old crap they've been talking about for the last 30, 40 years that ain't changed nothing. And when you see them coming, you know, it's all about money. It's not about change. When you see Ben Crump coming, you know it's about money. It's not about change. So we as a people, it sounds like I'm yelling and mad at my people. I'm just passionate about building the black community into something that can be amazing. And I know it's possible because our ancestors did it under way worse circumstances than we have today. They came out of slavery and built the Tulsa, Oklahomans of the world. When they didn't have the rights and privileges that we have today as a people. I was talking to my grandmother and I'm, I'm wrapping up, but I was talking to my grandmother uh, some few months back and just telling her just about uh, just different situations and how, you know, this generation blames this and that. And she told me that our generation, specifically black people, have, have nothing to blame anybody for. She was born in the 1940s, raised in the 50s and 60s. My grandfather was born in the 1930s, raised in the 40s, 50s, 60s. He fought in the Korean War, and they, they both uh, had, uh, they had together had eight children and even brought children into their home and took care of them. They both always had a job. Their house was never dirty. All their kids graduated high school. <clears throat> so they made a choice. And back then, that was just what you did anyway. But they made a choice for their family, my grandmother and grandfather. And she said when she was being raised and she grew up, she had to struggle. You had to chase down chickens and wring their necks to eat. Sometimes you just ate whatever rolled up into your, uh, rolled up into your lawn, whether it was a coon, a turtle, a rabbit. That's what you ate. She couldn't use certain bathrooms drink at certain water fountains, couldn't go to certain schools, didn't have the full rights of a citizen of the United States of America. But we have the audacity, she said, to complain in the 21st century when you have the full slate of rights in front of you, but you still choose black brother, black sister. We don't, unfortunately, uh, the majority of us, um, try to live our lives in the best way we can, a quiet life, believing in God, raising our families, and moving on about our business. But then there's, a, there's another part of us who love to celebrate that criminal element, and we got to be honest about that. There's some of us who love to, to when, that, when that stuff breaks down on us, and when we finally get caught up into something, when to hear up and blame the system, we know it was the choices that we made. I'll always say this, I always believe this, and this is getting almost to an hour, so I'll quit. I'll quit talking because I'm rambling on. Um, I know I am. I hope this was good to you. Uh, I just wanted to share my raw thoughts and attitudes about this whole situation with Tyree Nichols. And it's really not about Tyree Nichols. It's not about those five cops, in my opinion. Um, it's sad what happened to the brother. But again, he's a microcosm of what's going on in, in the black community each and every day. And I ain't talking about cops killing us because that narrative is played out, tired, and it's a lie. Cops ain't shooting black people every single day in the black community. Now, there may be someone in America 
the shot as a total country, maybe, every day, obviously. But in your neighborhood every day, nah, that's not happening like that. There's more black people killing black people than cops killing black people. <laughs> when we start talking about that, ooh, talking about a community change. Nobody wants to talk about black on black violence. We want to pull up the thing, oh, uh, nobody talks about white on white violence. Well, does white on white violence impact your community? No. Black on black violence does. So let's talk about that. How do we heal that? How do we change that? What's the solution for that? What's the alternative for violence in our community? But anyhow, I heard a, a good quote that said, um, we are born looking like our parents, but we die looking like our decisions. Again, that has no impact on the brother Tyree. Um, Actually, it does. He died looking like the decisions of those five officers. Those five officers woke up and chose violence that day. And now, hopefully, I believe they'll be sitting behind bars for a good time, thinking about what they did. Probably suffering the consequence of being crooked cops in the penal system. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I know this is really preachy, uh, halfway emotional. Again, I didn't have any notes. I just wanted my raw, want to have my raw opinion about the situation. I really didn't even want to talk about it. Um, but I know sometimes it needs to be talked about. I know there are people who are listening to this podcast who don't have the capacity, the emotional capacity to, 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 to un- unfold their emotions and how they feel. So maybe they need a podcast. Maybe they need a voice to help them um, march them along on how they feel about these kind of issues like this. And um, hopefully I can be that voice for you. Um, but, but at the end of the day, you need to be your own voice. We need to take individual responsibility for our own lives. We need to take responsibility for our communities. Uh, we need to stand up and quit blaming and being the victim for every single thing that happens in our community cannot be somebody else's fault. It can't be. Do these, do these systematic and all this stuff, does that, does that exist? It exists, but you can get past it because our ancestors did. You think that they didn't have systematic racism building up Tulsa, Oklahoma, you think they didn't have systematic racism and, and reconstruction? You, you think uh, uh, Madam C.J. Walker didn't face opposition? Obviously, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey. You think they didn't face opposition? Booker T. Washington. You didn't think he faced opposition? The man was born on a plantation, born a slave, couldn't read or write. Grown man couldn't read or write. But he started a university that's still standing today, Tuskegee University. So you can't tell me that systematic whatever is the reason that we're being held back. Because our ancestors, just a few generations back, had it way worse. And we got it way easier. They had it way worse and built a better community. And we have it way easier and our community is getting worse. You got to think about that. You got to really sit down, drown out the talking points of these crazy politicians and really think about that. How did our ancestors with more opposition build a better community? And how are we with less opposition allowing the community to erode? That's a question we need to be asking ourselves opposite or devoid of the talking points from these liberal ideas that have never helped the black community. 
and it never will. That's all I have today, ladies and gentlemen. Hope helped you. Uh, I don't know. Help me. <laughs> help me if it didn't help anybody else. Uh, so if you like content like this, please go ahead and subscribe to this podcast right here on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Go ahead and follow it. Uh, tell five people about this podcast that you do not know or that you do know. Um, I don't know. Share it on Facebook um, or wherever you share your uh, social media stuff. I'll probably be back again this week um, with a more podcast that episode that usually fits Um what I usually do um, definitely want to be talking about some things, some spirituality things, definitely in, in times like these. But um, anyhow, yeah, add me to your favorites. Tell your family name about me. Light up the world. Change the darkness. Holla.